Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Mike, the CTO of AppNeta, and we discuss how to create a culture of trust, performance, and transparency, AppNeta's advanced network monitoring solutions, and how AppNeta has been able to give employees every other Friday off with no loss in productivity. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I did uh, computer engineering in uh, in university and um, came out of that through um, basically directly into into kind of telecom space or into network network space. So all of my um, enterprise software development work from when I was a software developer through uh, through various uh, leadership roles have been uniquely kind of in the network space despite being a software software focused. So in the early days, it was um, yeah, focused at telecom and managing uh, large telecom networks, connecting to like, I mean, this is, this is uh, Stone Age, but connecting to like big class five switches and, and helping out uh, large, large telcos. Um, I did a brief uh, switch into HPC space, the high performance computing space. Oh, cool. And um, in there, it was, a, it was a small startup. And the team that we worked with were all very network focused. So we took that um, network knowledge and experience and put it into HPC by having uh, high speed networks around SMPs and connecting them together. So even in that HPC space, it was still around networks and managing partitions of uh, of of computers essentially, and and managing those those networks. And then that uh, out of there kind of transitioned me more into this what we're what we're working at uh, now in modern space in IP networks and analyzing WAN LAN performance, uh, supporting critical apps and and really looking at networks from an application uh, perspective, nice. which is, yeah, that's kind of the, the whole story. So it's always been about, about software and kind of always been about, about networks as well. That's cool. The first time I had to get a baseline understanding of networks was actually from working in audio because in the, like the past 10 years, it's been a bit of a revolution just kind of realizing that you can run audio over networks through cat six cables and stuff. And, um, I mean, especially just with advances in the quality of digital over, um, like in comparison to analog, it's like not that much of a difference as it used to be. But anyway, it's like, it's still like all the same baseline technology um, running it between running the network for like a business and networking the computers together versus like networking different pieces of audio equipment together. It's the same like underlying tech that's that's there yeah no i mean it was it's, it's a i mean it feeds in quite well to how we think about networks and uh the network is there to support the application so whether it's a uh a voice over ip or um video backup systems app, uh, SaaS applications or whatever it is that's that's the reason the networks exist and that's that's the most important piece nice. for the customer is is how they're using their how they're using the network and the quality they're getting with their applications. So, yeah. So, how did you meet the team at AppNeta and and get involved there? 
yeah, that just uh, just kind of grew into into that role. I knew some people uh, that were working there at the time, and uh, seemed like a really uh, good team to to work with, and and good group of people to to work with. And that has uh, proved true over many many years as we've uh, evolved um, the company, um, the product, uh, and and kind of changed where in the in the in the market that we're we're targeting. Awesome. Yeah, well, so one thing that I'm super interested to talk to you about, actually, we've we've kind of covered this topic with a couple of guests on the podcast. Like recently, we had on um, this guy, Brett, from a company called Sunrise Banks. And they're actually a really cool bank because they put social responsibility at the forefront of their uh, business. And they also are working really hard to try and help like underbanked and unbanked people. Um, but he was talking about how when COVID hit, they had to like pivot super quickly to get PPP loans out to small businesses and streamline like their mobile banking. And so at AppNeta, you guys were like monitoring office networks. And I I just got to know, what do you do when people aren't going into the office anymore? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely (laughs) jumping right, right into it. So to step back a little bit, just tailing onto, onto, your story um, about quickly adjusting uh, in the pandemic. Yeah. So we had, um, as we kind of saw this this happening, you know, around the around North America and around uh, around the world, we're like, we better have uh, a, a couple of trial days where we'll just shut the uh, the offices down. Everyone will be at home and just make sure our tooling is is good and and in place and that we can be productive. And uh, and that was a plan with not a lot of notice, but. But it was it was planned, and that turned out to actually be the start of the office shutdown. So that that kind of planned, <laughs> that just timed um, up perfectly. Planned experiment. It just landed, and that and <laughs> we, well, I guess we're actually not going back. So and the team did. Uh, I mean, as thinking about the engineering team, um, we have a lot of the tools in place to you know work remotely. We're using SaaS for pretty much everything, including you know all of our code uh, code repository and and such. And we were using being kind of bi-coastal in our offices. We, we had a lot of uh, of our uh, communication systems kind of set up that way. So everyone was able to be pretty effective uh, immediately. There's a, a bit of a culture shift and, you know, some stresses as, as everyone experienced. But I'm uh, certainly proud of the team and, and the way that they kind of transitioned um, transitioned into that. We also made some pivots kind of not pivots, but adjustments to the delivery of our of our product, which is helping enterprises in and the IT teams in in large enterprises and their connected offices. So, as you said, now the system, the um, their their environment or their scope of of network goes from maybe you know hundreds of locations, tens of locations, hundreds of locations um, to now everybody's got their own office and and. Uh, and IT is responsible for uh, the productivity, you know, from a technical perspective, the productivity of, of the employees, despite really not having visibility into, into those networks. So we were able to um, leverage the insight that we give customers for or, or IT departments with their connected offices and just extend that into, into home offices so that we can help them. And that's something that we've put a ton of effort into you know, over the past year and are continuing to uh, run with that as, as we see kind of this, this being kind of the, the normal going forward. Not necessarily 100% work from home, but 
in the knowledge worker space, it's going to be, you know, pretty high percentage, two, three, four days a week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I have an office here. I'm in Orlando, Florida in uh, my office and I pretty much only come in to host the podcast and then I'm working the rest of my, which is like three to five hours out of the week. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty much the rest of it, I'm, I'm at home working on all the other things that are involved with running this podcast. But what are some of the tools that you guys offer for enabling workers to be productive? I, I just, I want to like a little bit more um, kind of, I want to hear about how it's like practically used, you know, so I can get a better yeah, uh, yeah. vision of it. I think a, um, a good place to start might, might be thinking about enterprises and their offices and their data centers and, and, uh, and some of the motivations for, for leaning into Upneta and, and, uh, and looking at, at the uh, solutions that we, we provide. So um, if you think of uh, you know, larger enterprises and they've got, you know, even, even, your biggest hotel chains, they've, uh, you don't think of a hotel as owning a data center, but they absolutely have a data center and their hotels are connecting back to the data center. The hotels are connecting to, to each other. And, um, when you go to check in at a hotel and, and, uh, things are slow or, or the, um, the person you're working with says, sorry, my computer's a little slow. It's really talking about the network and the, and the connection to, you know, probably to their data center and to their, uh, to their apps. Um, so there's uh, kind of three sort of maybe four motivations that uh, that customers have to to lean into um, to lean into Appneta. Um, one is is just ensuring that the um, end user experience is good. So the end user could be the 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 employees themselves. Um, it could be a customer, like the person that's uh, checking into the hotel and uh, and making sure that they're experience is is top notch and understanding what it what it is it is managing a large surface area of locations equipment connections dealing with uh, multiple isps and we need to help make them more efficient in in uh in their, their time and and quicker to kind of get their 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 job done and then and then companies are making big transformation we saw this a lot during the pandemic moving stuff out of their on-premise and into, into SaaS and, and doing some sort of transformation of, of infrastructure or, or application. So those three. And then the fourth is um, around remote office visibility. So think of, um, think of insurance, insurance companies that have like thousands of locations and they're all connected somehow back to a, a data center, a head office, making, you know, giving visibility into that remote office, which might not have top of the line network equipment or high capacity network equipment. So being able to provide some visibility into the network performance there. And if you think of that um, remote office visibility component, and now your remote office is maybe, you know, like like where I am here in, in uh, my basement is now a remote office. And um, yeah. giving IT visibility into uh, that office and the, the network performance um, there. And so there's kind of a... Um, it's not a big stretch to think of how network performance and performance visibility, observability into the network extends to uh, uh, home, work from home, work from anywhere. Yeah. So we provide monitoring points, what we call monitoring points, which is essentially the application and network instrumentation. So the thing that does the measuring and gives you your, 
key performance indicators, gives you the uh, latencies and and uh, uh, total capacities and these kind of uh, this kind of information. We provide all different form factors of that so that they can be applicable for massive networks in data centers or small Wi-Fi networks in remote offices, for example. And then also an agent that can be can run within a uh, remote worker's uh, workstation to give visibility into the home office. So it's, it's really just another type of, of monitoring point that's providing very similar, very similar metrics and, and information. And if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're basically giving the company like all the information they need to know the health of their employees' home networks so that if something needs to be improved, they can improve it. Or if someone's network goes down, they can try and help them out with that. Yeah, that's right. There? That's right. The difference in cool. the in in home is that um it's uh it's the equipment, the infrastructure in your home office is not something that IT has set up or decided on. Yeah. So you're dealing with consumer consumer grade infrastructure uh, access points, routers, modems, um, your ISP, all of that is, you know, sub, sub, possibly substandard from what, um, what IT would be uh, investing in for their, for their actual offices. Yeah. So what do you do about it when you have some employees that just have a super slow connection that's, that's hindering them from getting their stuff done? Is that up to the company to decide or do you like make a recommendation? We basically enable the IT IT teams. So we're giving the IT teams the visibility they need and not necessarily, we're not running their network. We're not. Um, got it. Got it. We're, we're yeah, cool. providing the solution to give them and then they can, and we've seen all sorts of, uh, we've all seen all sorts of different, uh, different approaches there. Um, in some cases, companies have been monitoring connections and seen where, where the connection is like too slow. Your ISP service is just too slow. And Possibly compensated the uh, the employee to get a better network connection. We've also seen policies put in place where uh, Wi-Fi is just not allowed because of uh, issues that IT has has seen. So they're requiring um, a wired wired connection, and so the solution will also identify if the if this workstation is on a wired or wireless wireless connection and and help give. If it's wire, wireless, help give some visibility into, into the, the wireless metrics and the, the quality of the, the wireless. Maybe they need to move closer to their AP. Nice. So this is kind of bringing up something that's been on my mind since I interviewed uh, Matt Mobley, the CTO at a company called Merkle. Um, so they're like a high-tech marketing tech company. Um, and they help with like personalizing customer experiences. Um, and obviously that takes a lot of data and some people are like hesitant about sharing the data. So he was talking about how they work really hard to be extremely transparent about what they do with the data um, so that everyone knows it's safe. Um, and I imagine that there's probably kind of a similar hesitancy around people having their home networks monitored and I'm just curious. How do you how do you make people feel better about that? How do you make people feel like they're not being like spied on? Is that's valid? I mean, that's that's valid across um, across the network, across the network monitoring in general. So we definitely yeah. treat you know the data that that we're acquiring is 
is for the for the customer and it's for the customer's consumption. So the data is stored within the application, but it's the customer that uh, that has control and and, um, and can uh, own and or or uh, view view that data. Security is is super important across our apps. So making sure that uh, uh, infrastructure patches and updates are 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 kept up to date. Um, making sure that we're using the you know strongest uh, uh, ciphers and and uh, and encryption is is key and and then getting accreditation from you know third party audits and and that sort of thing is all all kind of part of the the solution. Um, as for as for the data at the workstation, that's up to the uh, up to the employees' IT department as to whether the agent is like turned on or turned off. Um, and uh, kind of when it when it uh, when it's when it's collecting information, the the um, data that we're collecting is really performance metric. So it's not about um, it's not it's not about where where are you surfing or what are you uh, using using the uh, your workstation for. It's it's really about what's the performance of the of of the network that you're. You're running on, and that's the data that gets sent back. Is are things like uh, loss, latency, jitter, uh, total capacity, and that that type of information. That makes sense. And um, awesome. Where location might play a role in as well. That's something that can be controlled as to whether that's on or or off. Very cool. So, what would you say is like a ballpark estimate of like the number of networks that you manage? Right. So um, you think of it as customers and each customer, you know, with, uh, with offices, you're talking about, like I was saying, hundreds of, of locations. So that, that's kind of the number of, of monitoring points um, that you'd have if it was, uh, you know, in, in uh, some, some verticals, like um, I mentioned insurance and, and hotel, there you've got thousands of, of physical locations, right? So each one of those represents a an, an endpoint that's doing monitoring, and each of those locations is is each of those locations is probably testing and monitoring ten to a hundred hundred networks at that location. So you kind of multiply multiply that out, and it's it's significant per customer. And when you yeah. when you go to uh, work from anywhere, work from home, and uh, your office is now your workstation, then we have accounts that you know get to five, seven, ten thousand, or 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 higher number of of um, monitoring points that are that are measuring two different networks. So, yeah, it's, and that was you know one of the. It certainly kind of goes along with this um, uh, motivation to support the work from anywhere, work from anywhere use case is now a scale has has jumped up from us. So our backend. Uh, engineers are busy working and making sure that the infrastructure will continue to keep up with the the scale demands that that this um, multiple locations kind of pushes out. Absolutely. So, what? How did you have to kind of change your strategy o- overall as a company as the scale just exploded? So, I so as a as a company, we we focused a. A bit more on um, on looking for where we can help with the work from anywhere, work from home type of, of use cases, and and uh, 
and working with customers there, as well as as all of the um, brick and mortar and and uh, and physical locations. This is a it is a SaaS product, so we're running, you know, hosted in, in the cloud. And as far as the the technical side of things, it's just been a lot of fun building up building up a a, a lab that can kind of mimic this type of scale, and then just continuing to work, which has always been um, an area of focus, but really kind of doubling down on on making sure that the infrastructure is there to support um, support the growth. So can you tell me a little bit about the culture at AppNeta? Sure. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a loose connection of observability there and providing some sort of transparency into uh, into networks and, and giving some visibility into, into the performance there. But uh, we've really leaned into something we call TPT, which is trust, performance, and transparency. And that kind of goes across all of, all of our teams. Um, and that's uh, during that, that pandemic, some, some ways that that has, has manifested is um, we had a, um, a bit of a policy around a remote work and work outside the office that was you know, one or two days a week and, and people can kind of work from home and have some flexibility in, in their, their work day. Um, of course, with pandemic, that's gone out the window and now it's, it's um, 100%. And uh, and we've we've doubled down in that in our recruiting to look outside of our core our campuses in Boston and, and Vancouver to grow our grow our team and and now you know across North America we have people that have joined joined Upnet so obviously they're they're not going back to uh, back to the office when our office does does open up and in fact our our policy has has shifted that way completely so there's no kind of requirement to go back into the office and and really that that does feed into um into the trust and uh and not you know it's not about kind of bums in the seat and 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 working it's you know we just trust you to get your get your job done and work with the people that you need to to get to get your job 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 done we uh yeah there's a bunch of bunch of things that we monitor as far as the how well the team's working together, the stresses and, and um, the team, and I'm thinking particularly of, of engineering, but through, through this kind of work from home, the uh, uh, performance, we keep track of that. We're running sprints. So we look at, at our sprint productivity and, 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 and measure that. And in fact, through the pandemic, when everybody was working from home, the productivity actually, actually increased and the, the quality of, of software um, went up as well. Uh, so as our customer base grew, uh, the number of number of people using the product, the the, the number of uh, field issues kind of coming in has gone has gone down, which is which is fantastic. And I think that just reaffirms that we can we can trust our teams that they uh, that they will perform. That's awesome. So as you've expanded to hiring kind of all over the place, one thing that I've been like hearing and reading a lot about recently is how uh, wages have kind of flattened across the industry as a result of you can you can get a job from anywhere and so there's a lot of engineers from San Francisco that are still expecting get to get paid the same when they get hired by a company in Kansas and so I've been hearing a lot of people talking about how it's it's hard to attract top talent now because because of that so what what do you guys do to attract 
the best engineers. Yeah, I mean, we we as far as um, compensation goes, you know, we we keep close to the market for sure. So um, there's there's giants, especially you know in Vancouver. There's certainly some some giant names uh, that we're that we're up against. Um, but there's also you know a lot of uh, smaller names as well that are that are like us having to to really kind of lean in. Our uh, you know we support our employees with a, a pretty decent uh, benefits uh, benefits package from you know looking after families um, and and everything that goes there with um, babies and a, and a really good uh, uh, maternity paternity uh, leave program. But uh, one of the one of the uh, big things that kind of came through this this last year was something we call a ten and nine. And again, this is kind of in that uh, that trust um, uh, realm, and that's that every second Friday, the company Afneta um, is uh, uh, taking taking that off, and and um, and just in, ensuring that people continue yeah, that to awesome. get that get that job <laughs> get their job done, and it's it's been working well. And again, as we look at the performance of our teams, we haven't we haven't seen an impact at all in doing that, and. Um, some of it is, you know, the, the stress around the pandemic and that adjustment. Just people needed that extra day for for mental health, um, not necessarily to take off for a, a long weekend every second weekend, but but just to to have a day to get uh, get some other things done and think about some other things. And people are using it in different ways uh, personally to to um, to help them or to get outside and uh, enjoy enjoy the outdoors and. Um, different ways to kind of deal with uh, uh, the busyness. But yeah, it's super. Yeah, I, that's I awesome. We'll, we'll, whatever happens with um, going back to the office, we're going to uh, keep the 10 and 9, and we've actually rolled that into our our um, uh, our handbook. Really cool. Hey, let me know if you're trying to start a podcast <laughs> or something. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that totally makes sense because when three-day weekends are a more rare occurrence, it's almost like there's like pressure to do something special with that right. time. Whereas like when it's more normalized, you can actually relax on that day off. Um, yeah, put it towards... Um, that's, that's really cool. Professional development or put it towards... Uh, or just put it towards uh, mental... Kind of mental health, mental break. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like everyone wants to have a day off where they can actually just do nothing <laughs> yeah. and not, not feel guilty that they didn't, that they like squandered exactly. it, you know? Um, one thing I'm, I'm curious about is uh, monitoring all these networks. Um, do you guys utilize any kind of AI machine learning for like anomaly detection or anything like that? We have some AI analysis in our um, diagnostics. So as we're identifying issues with the, with the network, and being able to pinpoint kind of not just that there is an issue and kind of what that issue, um, what the symptom of that issue is, like like uh, like data loss, we're able to narrow down and tell you where in the network path that that is happening and where or where it starts happening, and uh, and what likely the cause of it is. Whether it's um, you know in the case of data loss, is it uh, due to media errors or or something like that? So there's um, there's, yeah, some some uh, analysis and and AI that that goes into that. Um, as for uh, uh, anomaly uh, detection, there's a, a ton that we have um, 
that we're uh, that we're working on and that uh, that you know we're going to continue to invest on and it's it's um particularly interesting as the scale goes up and as you're dealing with thousands and of monitoring points you can't have uh, individual configurations of of those paths and those monitoring points so it's it's certainly something that we're that we're looking at and 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 working at another area related to scale and being able is um is uh the consumption of of data at scale and there's a ton that we've invested in over this past year in making it easier to find the issues um, in your network so if you have you know a sea of thousands of monitoring points and each one is monitoring you know tens or hundred paths um, you can't be looking at each of those network paths individually and you you want to be able to see broadly where uh, where issues are happening or if there's a correlation that issues are happening in a particular region or to a particular app and be able to have those call out and um, we think of that in the in the consumption <clears throat> of the data and one improvement that we've done over this past year is a, is a bunch of different um, different dashboards to help give that view and help you kind of slice and dice the data according to um, say uh, a tagging model that you've overlaid onto your onto your model and be able to identify you know look at a tree map of your data to identify hotspots due to location or due to uh, application or type of network. And there's um, almost unlimited number of ways that you can kind of slice and, and dice that up to, to look at it. Um, and that we think of that as uh, taking your business model and using some of the capabilities to, to apply that your, your internal model to your monitoring to make sure that uh, it, it, uh, the monitoring is fitting kind of uh, fitting the way you look at your network. That's really cool. So what is the visualization or consumption side of things? So, um, yeah, I think uh, the working on the, the visualization um, components and, uh, and data con- consumption components from the engineering team has really given the engineering team. Um, it's really easy as, as engineers to be focused on, you know, you've been product management has given you requirements and you uh, build the software according to those requirements. And it, it's possible, you know, it's easy to kind of lose touch with uh, why you're building those and and uh, who you're building those for. And I think the visualization component and really the discussions that we're having around um, why we're building those and and how they're going to be used have brought the engineers a bit closer to um, the customers that we're delivering the solution for. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's been a, a, a help in, in, uh, in kind of bringing them closer to the, the, the reason that they're, they're building the software they're building. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a trend I've been seeing a lot is uh, companies working really hard to get their engineers closer to the customer and closer to the end product. Um, I've, I've like heard about companies that like have their engineers sit down with salespeople or like sitting in on a sales call once a week or something. You know, there, there's, uh, there's one, we're due for another one, but uh, not so long ago we had a uh, we had a hackathon, and um, it was oh cool. It was at the start of the start of the pandemic, and it was um, we picked a theme of of work from home and just had the engineers think about 
what they could do in, in a couple of days to either as a standalone or adding onto, adding onto the product to support the work from home, uh, use case and help our customers that are, are working from home. And it was phenomenal to see, uh, the ideas that, that came out of that. It, I think product management in looking at, at our roadmap definitely took a step back and was like, I want to do all these things. How can we do all these things? Because, <laughs> uh, some great ideas came out of the, from the engineers in, in just playing around with, uh, that concept of, of work from home. So that again is putting our engineers in, in our, you know, customer shoes and, and trying to think, um, think of the problem space from their perspective. That's awesome. That's such a fun way to come up with ideas to improve the company. Yeah, it's hard to, it's, um, it's definitely hard to schedule and, and make time for, um, but, uh, we're due for it again. And, uh, we've been, the engineers have been reminding us that, uh, it's time to, <laughs> so everyone had a lot of fun. Oh, that's with that so one. cool. We will do it again. That's awesome. You guys should like do a kind of a write up of it. Um, cause that sounds like just super enter- entertaining to, to read about the results of a hackathon and how that impacted a company. Like, yeah, yeah, we should uh, make sure we fold that into a blog of some sort. Absolutely. I, before we wrap up, I want to ask you a couple like leadership questions. Great. So like as CTO, how would you describe your personal approach to leadership? Um, so I think uh, we've really, really leaning in on uh, trust, uh, transparency, um, uh, relationships. There's a lot of uh, lead lead by example. I think that is uh, that uh, I try to I try to uh, embrace compassion to uh, to our team to understand kind of their their professional and um, and personal and personal needs and really supporting uh, our team because that's uh, that's what definitely keeps me coming back to the office every day is is the folks that, uh, that I get to work with. That's so awesome to hear, man. It is at the end of the day, it's all about the people. Like that's 100% what makes it. And also, yeah, you hit on leading by example and I forget who it was, but someone told me a story recently that, uh, on the podcast about how, when that, that was one of his largest leadership tenants, because when he was working for a company years ago, they had a boss that hit, preached work hard play hard you know and he had like a picture of him on a surfboard on the wall um and thought it was and that like he wanted to create that culture at his company and so the the guy the employee uh had just closed like a big deal um and was feeling really good and accomplished one of it it was like 4 30 on a friday so him and one of his coworkers, these buddies with pick up the ping pong paddles, start playing a game of ping pong, you know, they're playing hard. They, they just worked hard. And he said he got like a really dirty look from his boss as he was playing ping pong on work time. And at, that was like the moment where he lost that, that boss as a leader um, mm-hmm. because the example was kind of broken at that point. And that, that just kind of stuck with me because it was a really powerful story. And, it was Ryan Westwood, the founder of a company called Simplus. That was that was a guy. But um, sorry, I just remembered. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just so true. And it, I feel so um, inspired to really do my job better when I think about that. When I'm waking up in the morning for work, I'm like, well, 
my green bubble on Slack better be on before everyone else's because they need to know I'm here just like them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think that's, I think, um, I think a big part of, uh, well, the, the biggest part of, of not being in the office um, these days is, are those uh, lunches that we had. We had, uh, uh, the engineers would quite often have a, a bunch of board games that they'd, they'd pull out at lunchtime and, and, um, and really kind of lean into that. Um, That's cool. Crazy kind of foosball tournaments, of course, that you have to have in, in uh, every tech company. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, getting, getting together with, with each other and, and uh, people is uh, the biggest, biggest miss of, of not having the office. And, you know, we're trying to, trying to uh, I think, doing a reasonable job of accommodating that in, in other ways. Um, most teams or broad kind of collections of teams within engineering have um, an end of day water cooler uh, Zoom link. Oh, and, nice. Um, 4.30, 5 o'clock, people just kind of drop in, drop out of, of uh, and they may keep working um, and just have kind of Zoom running over here. And it's, it's uh, just an open kind of water cooler uh, drop-in sessions. So those are fun to, to drop into as well. And sometimes they're, Hey, I got some technical questions and sometimes it's, uh, what are you doing, uh, this weekend or, uh, or, uh, casual, but I think that I don't know, it's one way that, uh, helps, helps people keep connected without being a, you know, a, a scrum based meeting of some sort, some sort that we're, you know, jumping into. Yeah. I mean, when, when those, interactions aren't happening serendipitously you, you you have to plan them and it's really fun to be able to do that like just this morning we had a team meeting the whole thing just kind of turned into small talk and it was great yeah. it was awesome i love getting to see my coworkers uh because we don't really see each other <laughs> so uh, I guess before we wrap up is there anything else that we didn't get out there that we want to make sure we get out for appnetta i mean i know you guys are handling a lot of work with uh, managing all those remote offices. Are you hiring? Uh, what, what can we plug? Yeah, we're hiring across a bunch of, a bunch of different roles. Um, we're, we're in engineering. We're, I think, likely all the, all the different roles from uh, engineering manager uh, and to various individual contributor um, roles are, are, we're on the lookouts for those. Um, and then across, across the organization, um, as well in in uh, uh, sales and um, other functions as well, we're absolutely hiring. So so check us out there, and um, I think that we're capturing a, a a landing page of of this chat uh, somehow under appnet.com uh, slash modern CTO as well. So thank you so much for listening, and if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.